Everyone has a relationship with gender. What's your story? Hello and welcome to Gender Stories with your host, Dr. Alexi Antafi. Hello, Gender Stories listeners. This is Alexi Antafi live from Podcast Movement Conference 2019. And I'm here with my wonderful partner and producer, Ruth Holden. And we thought we would just give you uh, an episode just totally off the cuff live from Podcast Movement podcast movement conference i keep saying podcast movement center but it's a conference really 2019 it's in orlando florida it is very humid and i've been meeting so many podcasters already some of my most exciting meetings is with um the person who runs the podcast history is gay very exciting we just saw each other and went ah let's queer it up here at podcast movement conference and uh, so i'm here with roots and what's been exciting for you as the first time attendee this is my second time but it's your first time here at the conference mm -hmm. what have you been noticing so far um a couple of things honestly just the amount of excitement that people have like that sounds like such a sort of generic thing to say but people are honestly so excited um, I go to other conferences, you know, learning and development conferences for my other work. And so a lot of times I'm coming into people that have like been in their career for a long time. They may be kind of bored with what they're doing or whatever. But here at the conference, everybody's super excited. They want to know what your podcast is. It, you know, I'm talking about, you know, one that I potentially want to create. And people are so excited about it for me. It's making me want to do it. So that's that level of excitement about creation is just totally in the air. That makes me want to ask you, what's your podcast going to be about? Because, Ooh. I mean, I know, but the Gender Stories listeners don't know what you're going to be podcasting about. That's exciting. So the podcast is going to be called Grave Decor. And you can find my existing website is gravedecor.net. And I'm interested in going into funeral service. And I'm going to be talking about, hopefully doing lots of interviews and things like that, but talking to people about death and dying and the process of developing funerals and dealing with grief and grieving in the modern world um, because especially in the united states we have such a weird relationship with death and with the body after someone has died because of the way that um culturally we've we've learned how to make money and we've learned how to commercialize the death process and so i'm more on the death positive movement and i want to talk more about green burials and more of the diy like what you can do yourself what you're required to do and connecting with people just around culture and things like that of, of death and dying that sounds amazing. I know a lot of people already going around the expo and even uh, folks who were with us for the NASA visit, I'll tell you about the NASA visit in a minute, listeners, are pretty excited about your podcast. And of course, this is Gender Stories. So things I'm excited about is to know whether you are thinking about doing any episodes that talk about gender and death specifically. And if so, what do you think gender has to do with death, if anything? Absolutely. And I've got a couple of ideas around that. Um, I know one huge piece um, and it's something that I'm particularly concerned about in the future is what happens to a transgender person when they die? You know, are there, how are their wishes honored? You know, are they treated as the person they are? Are they treated as the person their legal documents say they are? And that is a huge issue in the trans, in the trans community. Um, so that's one big piece. 
also just the way that gender plays a role in the grief and grieving process and who does what in the funeral process. There's so many big pieces, you know, women, it's okay if you cry and it's okay for you to, you know, have these longer grief processes, but then with men, you're expected to like, you know, get it together and, you know, hold back your tears and take care of everybody else and all that. And I really do think that stifles a lot of people's ability to move through that grief process because it really is a moving through. It is a lifelong process. Um, and it's really interesting to see how gender plays a role in the, uh, in the way that people are able to grieve, grieve their dying and death. I mean, absolutely. Like um, just last month, July, um, you know, I've lost a really close friend, uh, Colleen Cook, who did a beautiful interview actually before they died with uh, my friend, Dr. Pavini Morey for the podcast Bespoken Bones. It's a, it's a beautiful, heartbreaking, beautiful episode. Um, listeners, I really encourage you to go check it out. You know that I've interviewed Dr. Pavini Morey for this podcast, but they interviewed, Perry, Perry interviewed um, uh, Colleen, and it's a beautiful interview. And one of the things that come up is like, um, you know, having kind of queering up the pallbearers, that traditionally often it is cis men who are the pallbearers at a funeral. And why is it that it has to be masculine identified or masculine folks to be the pallbearers? What happens if there are actually other people who want to be the pallbearers? That's a pretty special role if you're close to somebody. So is that a thing you think that sometimes you might explore in your upcoming podcast? Absolutely. And um, like a role that I'm looking into, into going in the industry is a very entry-level role of being a funeral attendant. And that's something that's typically held by cis males who are retired. Mm -hmm. And it's a very specific, like, look that they're going for. Like, so when I was going for interviews, people were like, oh, wow, like, you're really young coming into this. And um, I am very, like, I'm transmasculine and, you know, I show up in a suit. And so I basically look just like a younger version of that. But as soon as I open my mouth, it's a very different, different feeling, I think, for the people that are that are interviewing me and so it's interesting to see how it's going to be interesting to see how people react to me in the field because I'm you know it, it is an industry that is becoming there's a lot more women that are becoming funeral directors um, and so but I don't know how many transgender people are really like in you know being seen and I am going to be dealing with people of like all ages so it's like you know if I'm going to a funeral of a person who you know an elderly woman who's like in her 80s or 90s that's the family I'm going to be dealing with and the friends that I'm going to be dealing with. And so seeing how my gender, which can be really mm -hmm. ambiguous at times, um, is is handled by the people that are there and how they're going to, you know, what they're going to do. It's going to be really fascinating. I mean, as a therapist, I totally get that because sometimes, mm -hmm. especially, I mean, maybe not so much now that I run my own practice, but when I work for larger practices, people come in and were like, oh, I didn't know that I was going to get this like non-binary person. Why well, mm -hmm. I'm not sure what gender they are. And it's fascinating to see how people react. And, and I think that there is a piece of human connection that happens then, but that the gender is definitely a piece that gets in the way sometimes of that immediate human connection for sure. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And that's one thing that I found mm -hmm. interesting here at the conference, just kind of bringing it back there, is that yeah. um, one of the things they did this year, which apparently they hadn't done last year, is that when you go to pick up your badge, um, they actually had pins that say he, she, you know, he, she, or they, them, um, or there was a blank badge where you could actually write in your gender on it. And I thought that was fantastic because people are, you know, when you get introduced, they're immediately looking at your name tag, but they're immediately, you know, an inch above seeing your pronouns. Yeah. And I'm curious how your experience has been between last year and this year, how people have interacted with you around that. 
I was really excited to see the pronoun buttons this year. They were not here last year, but one thing that I really super appreciate about Jared and Dan, and I mean, Jared is the person I've interacted with the most as um, we've been going through this um, process last year when I won the podcast movement uh, challenge, and then I got the first prize, which was get a sponsored ride basically to the conference, which was amazing. It really opened up this beautiful community to me, like just giving the little piece of feedback, hey, there are no gender restroom or really I would love for you all to think more about gender as being enough. They kind of took it and ran with it, you know, to arrive and just see the word pronoun buttons. And there was also a little poster with the pronoun buttons that kind of explained what pronoun buttons were very clearly very simply, it was beautiful, neatly done. You know, there's a family restroom easily available on the same floor of the conference this year. For me as a non-binary person, it kind of made the all, dif all the difference in the world. Mm. Um, you know, I felt immediately more welcome. I felt more seen, you know, I've already seen somebody else with the they, them button on their badge. So it's much easier for us to also find each other. Mm -hmm. I mean, tonight there's gonna be a meetup for LGBTQ podcasters, so that's also, another really good way to connect. I know last year I met at least one other trans person who does podcasting, which has nothing to do with gender. Um, you know, they're also a podcaster. And so I think there is kind of more finding each other, which can be different in a kind of more um, cis male dominated industry in some ways. But I think one of the things that Dan and Jared do so beautifully with podcast movement conference is to really support that diversity, support the diversity mm -hmm. of voices, support inclusion. And um, and really uh, make allyship a, a verb, you know? Mm -hmm. It wasn't just like, oh yes, we would like to do this, so let's talk more about it. The one that found the resources, that did the buttons, that put up the poster, that made sure there's a family restroom, boom, done. Yeah. It should be as simple as that, really, mm -hmm. absolutely. Absolutely, mm -hmm. yeah, and it's been great the way that um, a lot of the insight talks, so insight talks are five minute talks that you get to do, um, and they had a few last night, and the oh, do you mean the ignite? Talks? Ignite. I'm saying sorry, insight, that's okay. Sorry. There have been so <laughs> many brand talks. names and yeah, things like that. So like, many names. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yes. So with this, with the ignite talks, thank you very much. Um, a lot of the what a lot of them were coming to was community. We really need to build community. And with podcasts, it is kind of difficult to build community. It's like we have this community of podcasters, but the actual podcast audience, it's a little bit more difficult to connect people because one way you interact is, you know. I, I like a podcast, I go like it in an app, I may put like a one-time review and that's it. That's the only interaction I really get going from the podcast audience side up to the podcaster. So I'm curious just how your experience has been of that that podcasting community and you know, with your listenership, how have you been able to sort of gather and gather feedback and things like that. I definitely want more feedback. I, I have conversations sometimes on Facebook, on the Facebook page, sometimes on Twitter, about uh, sometimes on Instagram, about the podcast, but I definitely want to build more community. I've been kind of toying with the idea of having Facebook group community. They're also listening apps, and I'm like super excited about that. Uh, I think that's gonna be really helpful. So I'm kind of toying with the idea of kind of where do I nurture this community of gender stories listener. And of course, some of you are my Patreon supporters. And if you are my Patreon supporter, I am so incredibly grateful to you. Um, I'm so incredibly grateful to you. And there's already a place for you to comment. Uh, and of course, you can email me at genderstoriespodcast.gmail.com. For example, if some of you are listening and you're like, hey, I'm in the funeral industry, 
and I'm trans and or non-binary, and I would love to connect with Root uh, around their Grave Decor podcast that they're totally going to launch this year because I'm going to push them to, to do it. Just do it. I think it's going to be amazing, and I think there's an audience for it. If you're like, hey, I would like to talk to Root about that, about death and gender, please email me at genderstoriespodcast at gmail.com and I promise I will pass on the information to them. I will not promise I will not also ask to interview you for Gender Stories, <laughs> um, but you know, that's okay. We can be on multiple podcasts. I get interviewed for podcasts as well as hosting a podcast. So I think that's one of the things that's wonderful about this community is that we are all so excited about what the other person is doing and want to lift each other up and want to promote one another, not in kind of a promoting, kind of making money, but really like here is somebody who's doing some really great work. Like yesterday, we had a speed dating podcast kind of event. It was so sweet. And I like, I met somebody who does um, adulting with money and I'm going to interview them from my podcast. They help kind of newlyweds and uh, people just got married and kind of how do you talk about money? You know, often in our families when we're brought up, we don't talk about money. Also, m there can be a lot of gender dynamics about money. So I'm so excited to talk with Dan, you know, and to have an episode which is all about kind of um, money in relationships and the gender dynamics that might come up from mm -hmm. that. Um, you know, and of course, I look at everything through the lens of gender. Oh, another exciting moment that happened at Podcast Movement Conference just this morning. I went and visited the wonderful folks at Radio Public. And if you listen through Radio Public, thank you because I get paid for your listens on Radio Public. They're kind of amazing. Their app is really great. Um, but I was, I wanted to thank them because they featured kind of my podcast on some of their social media. And one of the people at the booth was like, I listen to your podcast. I love your podcast. I was the person responsible for kind of highlighting, uh, your podcast on our social media. And I was so grateful and we could geek out for a moment and I could also give them a special preview, which I'm going to give to all of you now, gender stories listener, that actually, uh, one of the wonderful things that happened with the conference was that if you, you know, we could apply to go and have a special VIP visit with NASA and Gender Stories was one of the podcasts that got selected to go to NASA on Monday, the day before the conference started. And so we went to NASA. I recorded so much material. I've asked people so many uncomfortable questions about gender and being a scientist and working at NASA and why are there no women crawler drivers yet, although they're training some. Um, for NASA that we are probably going to do a little mini series of a few episodes focus on gender in space. So if you're excited about space exploration, if you're a sci-fi fiction fan like I am, or maybe you're into astronomy or into aerospace, watch the space for a gender in space mini series. I am so passionate about bringing that to you. And, uh, and that's thank you to this wonderful opportunity that somebody who's like just runs NASA Social in California, this idea approached Pod Podcast Movement Conference. They were like, that's a great idea. They approached the person who runs NASA Social here um, in Orlando, Florida, Madison, they made it happen. Just, just so grateful. And I can't wait to do this kind of follow-up interview from the people who I've met there. Um, and there were so many gender dynamics that I noticed there like, more women scientists in the life sciences lab and um, not as many kind of working on the crawler and other aspects. And I mean, there was just so much exciting stuff. And I even met um, somebody who um, 
worked with the first woman engineer who was left into the lunchroom for Apollo 11. That was the first time that happened. I believe the name of the woman engineer was Joan Morgan, uh, but I'll tell you more about that in our mini-series, Gender in Space. Sorry, I got a little carried away. That's Ru okay. Yeah. That's what's so put together such a great uh, series of interviews and locations for us to see. I took all of the pictures that I like was allowed to take of things I was allowed to take pictures of. So many pictures. It was so delightful. And it was such a great group of podcasters too. So even today, we're bumping into the other podcasters that were there and getting to like, you know, connect a little bit more mm -hmm. and talk about what they've been doing, how they're going to integrate all of this great NASA, NASA social and NASA work into their own podcasts. And and if you're on Patreon, you're going to get a treat because I'm going to put a lot of the pictures that go with some of the audio for you, Patreon leaders. It's going to take me a minute to kind of you know, edit them together, but I will have some special content for you. And if you're hearing background noise, it's because we are literally on the main kind of walkway of the conference. There are so many people excited about podcasting. And so I wonder if there's anything else uh, that we want to say to our listeners about how the conference is going or any fun gender stories like, I don't know, what happened on the dance floor last night? Oh my goodness. Okay. So there was an amazing <laughs> DJ. Do you remember the DJ's name? I don't. I, I feel so bad, but it we'll was a feminine it. appearing DJ. Yeah. They were rocking it. I'm not going to assume what their gender was, mm -hmm. but they were doing an amazing job, but of course, initially nobody was dancing, right? Yeah. Empty dance. Yeah. And floor. there had been an earlier session where they were also DJing, and no one touched the dance floor. Nobody did the scene because everybody was still kind of like in their business mode. So, Alex and I did did our best. We went out on the we went and got our food, which they had like fantastic food. Oh, so we got good. ourselves out on the dance floor, and then suddenly we had like this whole gaggle of people come out and start yeah. dancing as well. Like they just needed there's like this concept of the first follower. So there's the leader yeah. and the first follower. The leader is the person who like has the the idea that's like maybe a little too much for people. And then the first follower who's the the person who lets everyone else know, hey, this is okay, like this is the thing to do. So we kind of like shared that role of the leader and the first follower. And then all of these other people followed us on the dance floor. And it was amazing. And it was like this palpable relief, right? Everybody yeah. was like hearing this like rocking music and they really wanted to dance but they needed to have this permission to move. And it was interesting to me that the first wave of folks who followed us, good queers, follow, you know, leading by example, by <laughs> throwing ourselves on a gigantic dance floor and going, this is happening, we're doing this, um, was mostly feminine presenting people. There mm -hmm. were one or two kind of masculine presenting people. But I think, you know, I already have an episode actually about gender and dance with well, who I met last year, a podcast podcast movement conference 2018 in Philadelphia. If you haven't um, checked that episode about dance with Marcel Bird, I really encourage you to check it out. They also have their own uh, podcast, Discolored Pages, uh, which is also wonderful and you should check out their podcast. But yes, if you're into dancing, check out that dancing episode. But there was definitely a gender dynamic where more masculine kind of appearing folks didn't seem to give themselves as much permission to enter the dance floor. You could see them be moved by the rhythm, but they just couldn't bring themselves to kind of free themselves up of the constraints of gender and gender oppression and come and dance freely on that dance floor. But we had a lot of fun, didn't we? Absolutely, we super had fun. And then the drumming got too loud with the live music and, and we left, but we had a lot of fun while we danced. And, you know, it's not like it wasn't scary to, like, step onto that dance floor, but as somebody who loves movement and loves dance, 
I know, I think I, I knew since I was a teenager, there's got to be that first person that just like takes that step and goes out on the dance floor. Otherwise, nobody else is just going to take that risk, right? And I think in a way, that's where trans and non-binary folks, especially like trans feminine folks, kind of lead the way of kind of gender liberation, because in some way we have to push against those constraints of gender. Mm -hmm. And so, um, but I'm really, you know, one of my premises is that I really want this gender liberation for everybody. I don't want our joy to be constricted by the stories that society has because of us, just because of the gender we were assigned at birth, right? Or maybe even the gender we identify with, because I think that as trans folks, we can feel constricted by those same dominant discourses about gender, uh, just as these people do. We might experience it differently, but we are also impacted by systemic cisgenderism and transphobia. And um, yesterday at the podcast Speed Dating, I met somebody who does a podcast which is all about connecting to joy in these mm. difficult times. It's, uh, who actually, they're also emerging family therapists, and I'm going to check out their podcast. Their podcast is called all heart and i'm really excited they also said they have an episode that it's about pushing the boundaries of gender and, and binary gender so i'm super excited to check out the episode the podcast is all heart but i think one of the things that's relevant is that i think one of the things i want to do with this podcast gender stories is to support everybody to feel freer and to feel permission to be ourselves like we can be ourselves we don't have to kind of follow this gender scripts that we were given almost before birth, actually definitely before birth. And um, we can push against those if we want to. We don't have to also, but we can. And uh, we can just step on the dance floor and have a lot of fun, which is uh, like what we did last night. It was a lot of fun and I regret nothing. I regret nothing too. I, I can't even say it. I had such an amazing, <laughs> so gender stories listeners, I am, like often when people you know when transgender people come out they may swing very far into the binary right and so they're trying to match these binary ideals and when i first came out i was trying to match these very like hardcore masculine toxic masculine ideals and i think last night was probably the first time in maybe three years since i originally came out that i really got on the dance floor and was like i still dance the way i danced before i came out this is amazing. I'm having a good time. I don't care if people are watching me. Like, dance like everybody's watching because, you know, if they're not watching, what's the point? I mean, they were watching, they were, they were filming, watching, they were and filming. we were like, yes, we're beautiful. Film us. It's it great. How did it feel to, like, dance freely on the on the dance floor? It was amazing. It, it was very liberating because it was just like, I'm going to get out and enjoy myself. Like, Normally, I would be one of those people standing on the, the corner of the floor, like kind of dancing a little bit, but like not enough to be noticeable. Like the other dudes. Like the other dudes. Yeah, like I'm such <laughs> a dude, y'all. Let's I'm name it. It was, it's mostly dudes who were, you could see the pain in their eyes of like, we also want to move our bodies, moving is healing and beautiful and wonderful mm -hmm. and joyful. And we're just cumbering ourselves to do it. Maybe it's me projecting, but it's it just, it just talk. felt like there was some real pain there. And I was like, I, I was inviting them with my movement in my eyes. It's okay to come on the dance mm -hmm. floor, be free, feel this joy. That's why I love dances like salsa and things like that, because in, in and especially in Latin dance, there is so much movement of the hips and, mm -hmm. you know, being able to like shimmy and things like that that are 
not movements that in you know white American culture are things that men are allowed to do. Absolutely, and you bring up a really good point, which is not just gender, but it's the intersection of gender and culture. And I feel Absolutely. like that would slide into a whole other episode. And I'm aware that we have only some recording time here from mm -hmm. our friends at TalkShoe, which are allowing us to use this recording equipment. So I wonder if there are any um, any last few words, last few thoughts about the podcast movement conference is going to go on. Maybe we'll have more things to tell you later on. But for now, Ruth, any last comments? No additional comments. If you're interested in podcasting, I highly recommend coming. This is an amazing creative group of folks. Like I'm so excited and I have so many more ideas now about the work I want to do and really hearing about how important it is for these messages to get out. And so, Alex, do you have yeah. anything else you want to say and, today? And if you think it's um, it's expensive, it is expensive, and there are scholarships. I think that Dan and Jared do a really amazing job of providing scholarship, especially if you're like BIPOC folks or trans and non-binary BIPOC folks. I really invite you to come check it out. And honestly, the more trans and non-binary and queer folks we have, the more we're going to clear up this conference. And I mean, they already had pronoun balance this year, so it's only going to get better, right? So for now, dear Gender Stories listeners, I hope that you can find joy in your movements, whatever you're doing with your time right now, and just breathe a little bit freer and a little bit deeper. And thank you for listening to this episode. I know it's a little bit more kind of, um, you know, it's not on a theme. It's, um, it's just a conversation that Ru and I were having about this event as it's happening live. But I'm, one of the things I'm thinking about is to bring you more live shows and live streams. So if you have thoughts, comments, desires about more live stream and live shows, please email me at genderstoriespodcast at gmail.com or let me know on Twitter or Instagram at genderstories. How do you feel about more live stream, more live shows? What would you like them to look like? Is that something that excites you? And for now, I hope that you've enjoyed this uh, live conversation at the Podcast Movement Conference 2019 from Orlando, Florida, courtesy of the Talk Show Recording Booth. And until we meet again, thank you for listening. If you want to find out more about gender and gender dynamic, you know I've got a book, How Do I Understand Your Gender Out, co-authored with Mac John Barker. Also, I have a new book, Life is in Binary, um, which is going really well. We're getting some wonderful feedback. So if you have thoughts about that as well, please let me know. Keep listening. I have a Patreon. And watch out for some news and about how to engage more with the wonderful Gender Stories listeners community. I will have some news for you in the next month or two. And if you have some feelings about what you would like the community to look like, what platform you would like the community to be on, this is the time to let me know. I'm making some choices. So email me at genderstoriespodcast at gmail.com or let me know via Twitter or Instagram at xtaffy. As always, thank you for listening. Be free in your joy. Thank you.